Hello everyone, welcome back to Pop Cult X, your your YouTube podcast show where we chat about all things pop culture from me, Danny, and Gabe's Gen X perspective. Thanks for tuning in, thanks for showing up, thanks for subscribing, liking, and um, sharing with us what your thoughts are about pop culture because we want to know what you think so we can share our thoughts on it as well. Um, it's been kind of a slow week, I think, for me this week. And I think for Gabe, you said it's also kind of a slow week for you as well. But yeah. there are a few things that um, kind of stood out for you. Um, go ahead and tell us what what really just one of the only few things that stood out for you this week, I right. guess. So the thing that's really getting stuck in my crawl this week is... <laughs> what is, grinds uh, my gear. <laughs> yeah, it really grinds my gears. Um, is... Pink released her new album. I think it's called Trust Fall. It's a really great album. It's it's actually, it's really personable. She performs really well on it, singing. Um, but a lot of the male interviewers that are interviewing her are really fixated on this like folklore tale of her and Christina Aguilera meeting on the set of Moulin Rouge, like literally like 20 years ago when they were like 19 mm-hmm. and 20 and how they clashed in like butted heads. And the thing that's that's sort of sad is that Howard Stern has now talked about it. Um, I think that she was on maybe Fox News and they talked about it as well. And Vanity Fair and Variety. And and now it's sort of in like the cultural zeitgeist where it's just talking about this mm-hmm. feud between Christina and Pink that has been pretty, pretty much been laid to rest like decades ago. <laughs> and it's but it's now it's overshadowing her album. Oh. And and what the you know this really personal album that I'm sure she spent a lot of time writing the lyrics and and coming up with all the musical arrangements and mm-hmm. things. And the thing is that that kind of makes me a little bit saddened by the whole media aspect of it is that you don't really see this drama related to men a lot. You don't hear yeah. uh, you know people saying, "Oh, Tom Cruise was such a horrible person to work with. You can't look him in the eye." You know, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, you know, he's he's got such a short man's complex or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, like you pretty much they they are able to push their star clout around. But when a woman does it or especially when two women can be pit against each other, the media like goes crazy mm-hmm. and you can kind of see it like I'm just getting inundated with articles um, where it's talking about this on Twitter, on Facebook, um, like I said, and all the different I think People magazine uh howard stern show and it's kind of i mean it's weird like why is howard stern bringing that up 20 odd years later and find it fascinating one of the old men that was interviewing pink was like well it's a really fascinating story is it is it really like or are you just are are people really intrigued with the idea of two popular powerful women butting heads like oh women can't get along together if you put them together they're going to clash and perpetuating that stereotype um, I'm a big fit fan of Pink. I'm a bigger fan of Christina Aguilera. And I feel kind of bad for both of them because it just continues to overshadow their talent. And like I said, if if people were judging me by the way I was at 19, there would be <laughs> an article being written about. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I just I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. And um, I'd rather just focus on the talent. I mean, it's kind of ironic here we are in a pop. A podcast where we do talk about you know all the periphery of entertainment and how we mm-hmm. feel about things um but in this particular instance like i just want to hear pink sing i don't really care about her story about what happened 20 years ago 
Um, I just, you know, want to hear her sing really well, do a couple of flips and cartwheels like she's going to do and enjoy her performance. Is that too well, much? <laughs> no, it's not too much. It's perfectly reasonable expectation, I guess. Um, I'm confused about one thing, though. So who brought up the topic about it? Was it did Pink bring it up or did like Howard Stern and the interviewers? Well, that's the thing, right? Like it's sort of there is, I think, some culpability um, when it comes to Pink because she is a seasoned entertainer. You know, mm-hmm. two decades later, she could say, you know what? This is a really tired story. I refuse to talk about it. I have a new album out. I want to focus on this. Yeah. But um, I think that the slant that she had been going with is like, well, regardless of us making up Christina Aguilera and her, like what happened happened and I'm not going to mince words about it. But at the same time, like by uh, doing that and rehashing the story, you're allowing everyone to focus on it yet again. And um, she brought up a, a story about Madonna, about her and Madonna not necessarily getting along. So it's, it's sort of, I don't know. It just kind of seems like pink versus the world or, you know, mm. some other female artists. And it's like, focus on your music. That's why people like you. That's why, yeah. you know, people are interested in the new album um, and your your lyrics and your performance of, of your lyrics. Not these old. I mean, we've heard the story. We've we've heard that they didn't get along, that Christina was like the little diva on the set and pink sort of pushed back on that. That's pretty much it. Like, there's not much more. To <laughs> so, like, why, why is it so fat? Like, why is it fascinating? Why is it fascinating for like Howard Stern to bring it up yet again, twenty years later? Right, right. Is it, is it that interesting to hear about a twenty-year-old story? I don't think so. I, uh, my only thought would be if he has nothing else to talk about, so he has to stir up controversy, stir the pot somehow. Right. Isn't that his whole thing, right? Just, you know, pushing the boundaries. And that's what he's made a career out of. So well, I, I'm kind of curious because obviously she has some sort of marketing team or PR people. Um, I know that there's some controversy around Pink because she has a commercial now for like COVID vaccination. So a lot of like the Christian um, anti-COVID vaccine people are <laughs> sort of uh, out like against her. So I'm wondering if this is her way of dealing with that con- like oh forget about that controversy let's uh, focus that's- on Aguilera was a little bitch um I- i'm curious if that is if there's some some of that to it or if this is a story that maybe she just happened to be talking to howard stern and now like all the other outlets mm. picked up on it and now it's turning into like this big you know storm of of uh focus on that aspect of her career when she has a really great album that's out that people are ignoring yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I can understand from like the PR firm saying, let's let's push to the next news cycle, right? To get yeah. rid of that one. And and it I think Woody Harrelson needs to to look into something like that. Did you hear about his um SNL monologue? No, what what I I'm what, dying to hear about it. <laughs> so uh I didn't get to see it, but I he he hosted Saturday Night Live this past weekend, and I guess during his monologue. He um, made a few remarks over the COVID vaccine mandates, and he said, and I'm quoting this, this is what he said on on script. He said that the biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes, and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. Now, and, and 
he said that's about an alleged film script he read and that he said that he threw the script away because he says, I mean, who's going to believe that crazy idea of being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. So I, I personally, I think it was a joke that maybe didn't land well. Yeah. So I, I don't know if he truly believes something like that. And maybe people are just pushing it out of um, context and making it more of a um, bigger thing than it needs to be. Yeah. I could I could see him being an anti-vax person because I think he he comes off as sort of like one of those like dirty hippies that like smokes mm-hmm. showers like once a week. <laughs> um, I, I could be wrong, but that's like the vibe that he gives off. Um, you know, if if you want to live on your ranch and you're rich and you don't want to get the vaccine, that's fine. But like, don't use your influence to to try to impact the the masses to yeah. not get vaccine like vaccinated when you know old people and young people are are, are most vulnerable and mm-hmm. they're potentially die because you want to be cool and hip and say you know oh just smoke things that grow out of the earth, ground and you'll be fine. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really know much about Her- Woody Harrelson outside of like white man can't jump or whatever and you know the Hunger Games. Um, so I don't know, maybe it was a bad joke that went wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, I suppose, until he he really comes out and says that he's like a wackadoo. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he'd need to um, make a, a more firmer stance than on a comedy show, right? Because it's kind of hard to tell where is he being satirical or where is he being genuine? Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's just something you sparked my memory when you're talking about pink and the vaccine commercial. Um, One other thing I did see in pop culture that was uh, a positive and enjoyable thing, at least because these are two of my favorite actresses. Um, So the SAG Awards were last night, Mm -hmm. the Screen Actors Guild, and they had um, for the, what was it, for the best actor in a television movie they had audrey plaza and jenna ortega come out to present together oh nice. so, so as you know both of them give very similar vibes give that very you know deadpan iconic staring type thing and both, both latino women exactly so so the uh audrey plaza says i don't know why they paired us together and then jenna ortega says yeah we have nothing in common and then they just stand there and stare for a while so it's it, that was really funny i i'm glad that pairing happened because i think they should why not make a movie together there they'd be perfect pair for something yeah, in I could that line like sisters or something like that or mm-hmm. i don't know best friends that are sort of from the same vein of you know toward personality yeah, yeah that, i think that's a a perfect match um but the other kind of news from the SAG Awards is that everything all at once is sort of mm-hmm. backing up all the awards. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really happy to hear about that. I think Michelle Yeoh is the first Asian um, actress or uh, to win for, for best actress, I think for the Screen Actors Guild. If I'm same correct. as, same as K Wan Quinn. Or I can't I always forget how to say his name. He's the first Asian American actor, Asian actor to win for supporting actor as well. So, Nice. Is Congrats. he from the Yes. That's that's really cool that he's, you know, kind of having a new upswing in his career. Well, that was his whole thing, right? He he was in the Goonies. He was also in um Indi- in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, short round. And then um, you know, 40 years later, he's back at it now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder where the rest of the, the Goonies are. 
Well, I know there's a couple of them. I yeah. mean, Lord of the Rings, Sean Astin. Sean Astin. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanos is Josh Brolin. Martha had a, a show a little while ago, I think called, uh, I don't know, something Irish. They, she had like an Irish family show. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the other girl, I don't know whatever happened to her. <laughs> and then Corey Feldman's Corey Feldman, you know. He's... Yeah, Corey Feldman's still being Corey Feldman till today. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the the kid who played Chunk, um, I think is now a lawyer. And he's the one that actually negotiated Kay's contract for everything everywhere all at once. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That when that when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's really cool that they did that together. They're still working yeah. together. In, in my mind, way. they still get together like once a month or something. <laughs> they probably do some sort of Zoom phone call or something like that. I wouldn't I mean, doubt it. Cool. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. Like I always want ensemble cast to remain friends, even though yeah. like I know that some are like famously not friends. But mm-hmm. I always want them like how cool like especially for something that's so legendary like goonies like you're gonna that's a pop cult classic like yeah how how are you not like that's that's like so part of our generation and everyone remembers that movie you guys have to stay friends yeah definitely they should do like star trek does for like the trek conventions do a goonies convention i'm sure that would draw a crowd at least you know and that may be multiple times a year, but once a year, once every couple of years. Yeah. And they do that, that that even like for Comic Cons now or other ones where they get casts that come back together. Right. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people go to these conventions for is to see these people, all the stars up all, all together on one stage. Instead no. of, you know, individual, see one here on like Jimmy Fallon or one here on Stephen Colbert. But they're all there together on the same stage. So, um what do you go to conventions for? I mean, you go to uh, a lot of them, actually, a lot more than me. <laughs> right now, I, I like going for original art that I can't find anywhere else. So I used to buy comics, like I would find deals on comics and buy them. And I'm like, that. I mean, that's fine. But now I'm like, I want to buy lo- like artists, not necessarily local artists, but artists that I don't have access to. Like, for example, these prints by uh, Maria <laughs> uh that you don't necessarily have access to so uh all the time so uh for WonderCon that's coming up uh the end of what march yeah um that's what i'm looking for i have like one wall that's completely blank and white <laughs> you're like yes <laughs> yeah so i, I want to like get some like cool um original art i have i actually have a uh a print of um Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman that i oh, bought nice. in. i'm like waiting to see what else i can buy to that sort of so I know how to hang the frames. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I go for. And also to meet artists that I really like, like Maria Wolf. I don't want to sound like a, a parking <laughs> record. Here, but, uh, Maria Wolf, uh, Ed Luce, who is also on the show, are on our podcast. Um, just really, I mean, they're cool artists. And I just kind of like meeting up with them and seeing what they've got going on and, and uh, buying some of their newest swag. Um, Ed's really cool, like really good at like creating swag like outside of the comic books. Um, so um, I try to collect a lot of the stuff that he has as well. That's an um, interesting. I know it's been a while since you've been to a con. <laughs> it's but... only been about twenty years, yeah, or more. <laughs> um, but that is interesting. I never thought about you know going there just for like the the um, one off artworks from the different artists. That is that is a very good point, and I think when we go to WonderCon. Um, 
I hopefully will be there as well. Um, yeah. That that is something that I will hone in on as well because you have artists from all across the country, sometimes all across the world, and they're bringing in their artwork. So it's not just what you see on comic books, which you could pick up at any local comic book store. And I highly recommend doing that. Go support them, but support the artists at these conventions because this is where they, I, I guess they would tend to make a lot of money from, but yeah, that's that's something I look forward to doing it as well as seeing the artists, meeting them, hopefully getting to meet some of the people we've interviewed, meeting them in person. That'd be kind of fun. Um, and yeah, just talking shop, hearing their stories. That'd be fun. Yeah. And I think it's cool for them, too, because they get to to kind of meet with their fans and, you know, to find out that you have, you know, some dork that's from the Gen X generation, <laughs> buying all your variant covers. Uh, I mean, if you're, it has to be some sort of like esteem boost um, to know that you have fans, you know, like that. You know, I think I think that's cool to, mm -hmm. especially for, for artists, you know, that aren't the the Jim Lees. Uh, you know, obviously mm -hmm. Jim has a huge fan base, or J. Scott Campbell. Um, I, I I love them as well, but um, I, I'm really into like some of the the more uh the smaller variant artists like uh you know like the ones that i've already mentioned um, <laughs> <laughs> like, so you're saying maria wolf peach yeah. momoko <laughs> every every time i mention them I you have to do a shot <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah um i think yeah i'm really into i love collecting comic books especially ones that i i just like the cover art and I have yeah. no idea sometimes what the story is about, but the cover art is just so, so striking to me. And I'll just buy it for that. So yeah, it's like, like little mini art prints, really. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, you know, a lot of the big publishers have really um, caught on to that because I've yeah. definitely bought some really cool covers and the inside is not that great as far as story or artwork, but they have like a really cool cover. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that they just know that that people are collecting the covers um because they're so cool. It's like a um mm -hmm. an art really that you can get for you know four bucks, five bucks. I completely agree. I think um we should maybe hint at something that we're gonna be doing here in Pop Coldex then. And that is um a little giveaway that we kind of discussed briefly. And more details will come soon for everyone out there. But if you're watching the show and you've already subscribed to us, you're one step ahead of the crowd. Um, but yeah, look for a art piece, comic book variant piece coming up soon in a Pop Cult X giveaway. Um, so stay tuned for more details on that. Nice. Can I win? <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh maybe i'll just take a picture of it be a little disclaimer like excluding the actual podcast <laughs> exactly we will have to put some sort of disclaimer like if you live at such and such address in san diego you can't win <laughs> um other than that yeah. oh, i've well. been um they released the season three trailer for Ted Lasso from Apple TV and it looks really good. It looks really good. And I think, right. so there's a huge um, contingency on like Twitter that are calling for like certain things to happen within the show that they really want to see happen. Like for example, 
Ted Lasso and Rebecca um, becoming a couple, right? So that's like a huge fan base is really promoting that. They really want that. And what I made me laugh today is when I, they released the trailer is that the song they used in the background was you can't always get what you want. So oh, I think funny. they're, they're pay, I don't know if they're poking fun at all those people because, you know, you can't always get what you want. So I, I, I got yeah. a good chuckle out of that. I'm really looking forward to this so much so that um, I'll do a little promotion for this little um, feature we have on um, Pop Cultex that we're calling a TED Talk. Now, you might have seen some of the short videos, but uh, previous guest host and I, Tori King, we will be doing a recap um, episode or recap show, I guess, uh, given our thoughts and opinions after each episode airs throughout season three. So that's something to look right. forward to. I'm excited for that because it's a very fun show and I can't bug you too much to watch it because it doesn't seem like you're gonna. <laughs> I, you know, I, okay, so I had a question. Do is there do Ted Lasso fans have a nickname? Like, are they called mm. like Lassos or Lasso heads? heads or like, I'm Ted pretty heads. sure there must be some sort of nickname form, right? I think when season one was playing out i remember chatting or tweeting back and forth with like bill lawrence the one of the executive producers and i think we i think he came up with like ted head like you said i think that was like the thing the ted heads or something like that but i don't know if there's any like official support group for us or not i don't know <laughs> i was just curious but i i do like it it's just i it's one of those shows that like i forget about Right now, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really I'm really invested in watching The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have religiously been watching that, um, but unfortunately, I have to catch up on on Ted Lasso because I'm I'm way behind. Uh, maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll this weekend I'll try to catch up and and uh, that way by the time it comes around I'll be able to be watching it live as it happens. Yeah, if you have a chance, go for it. It's really good. Season two, I just rewatched all of season two the this past weekend so if i can do it you can do it um and it was it was even better the second time around for me i picked mm-hmm. up more i think on the writing i was i knew what the story was going to happen so i was just really honing in on their writing skills and and where they were focusing different things and just the little details that they bring to each episode is really cool yeah nice um so yeah that's that's what i've been up to you know. um, I've been reading a lot, so I don't have a lot to contribute when it comes to pop culture. Um, well, let me share with you the book that I'm actually reading. Um, it's called uh, Aliens Vasquez. I've heard about uh, that I don't know book. if I said it like that. Aliens Vasquez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, I turned into like the whitest white man. Um, it's by an author uh, named uh, V. Castro. And it's mm-hmm. basically what happened before um lieutenant vasquez goes up into aliens and gets killed um she actually has a family don't want to ruin it but i'm about that far into it um nice. so that's what i'm currently doing right now so I, uh it, it is like definitely support um latino authors uh this particular uh author i said is her uh her name is v castro um so check it out especially if you're a fan of the aliens movie um, in, partic- in particular, the uh, Vasquez. I can't say. I don't know why I can't say that. <laughs> Vasquez. And, um, or if you're into science fiction and you want to support Latino Latina authors, check it out. Definitely recommend it. 
Yeah, I actually follow her on Twitter. So I saw that book when she was promoting it, um, or she still is promoted, but I saw when it, she first announced it. So that was really cool. I want to read that. And I'm not a huge Alien Universe fan. I mean, I've seen like the first one for sure. And then I've seen like a few of the other ones. I, I haven't watched Prometheus, which I heard is really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this book looks, looks interesting to me. Yeah, nice. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, there are some other uh, Latino authors that I have that are sort of, I've got like five or six books that I need to catch up on. I'm, I'm falling behind, but um, that's what I'm currently reading right now. So if anyone wants to start reading it and then like, you know, comment about what you like, what you didn't like about it, but it's, you know, maybe by the next filming, I'll be done with it. And then we can bring up any of the comments that people have in regards to it. You know, I'll check it out, see if I can get it on my library phone app thing and i'll see if i can read it and we can do like a a book club part of it for next week yes sweet uh yeah but other than that um i actually as much as i talked about the controversy with pink i've been actually listening to her album and it's actually (laughs) i recommend that as well i've been listening to to that and oddly enough i was listening to last night an old um album of queen latifah like going back to like Mm. 1991 and just listening to like some old school like east coast rap and uh i was listening to it to fall asleep too and uh, (laughs) that's interesting interesting i I listened to very weird music to fall asleep to um and last night it was queen latifah so if any of the youngins don't know who queen latifah is outside of from her acting because now she's kind of i think known more for her acting than she is for Mm -hmm. her rap um, go check out her album. Um, I think it was from around 1991, like you said. Um, really good. I think it it you know it was when I was in like eighth grade, freshman year in high school, um, and I remember listening to it even back then. So cool album. What was there any album sticking in that time frame besides the Queen Latifah that really um, that you had like the lyrics memorized to, or that you was like really played over and over again i don't mind uh, from that probably frame. say like that era like anything by nirvana the smashing pumpkins hole um i kind of played those like mazzy star was probably like the weirdest thing that you know people were like wow you listen to that um but yeah all of those groups i i had all on heavy rotation tori amos um lots of weird stuff like really eclectic stuff what about you i remember like one of the very first ones i remember um the neighborhood kids and i we would listen to beastie boys license to ill Mm. and we would listen to that over and over and over again and like we would like knew all the lyrics like paul revere so it's like one of my favorite albums of course i find out later on that they're three jewish boys from new york city so it's like (laughs) hey that's cool even better yeah um, so. Yeah, I, when it comes to rap, like I, I really had weird interest in rap. Like I really liked, I did like some like gangster rap, like Ghetto Boys, or um, I really liked Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill was like mm-hmm. one of my favorite bands. I saw them before their album came out, and that made me like them even more. Um, and then so I sort of like progressively kind of grew with them. Um, there's three albums that came out. Um, so I would probably say Cypress Hill was probably the one rap album that like I knew lyric wise. Um, I wasn't a really nice. big fan of the Beastie Boys. Uh, for some, like they're, I don't know. Like I just, I feel like I grew out of them really quickly. Their uh, party, like kind of teenager. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They just have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking. Yeah, about, I know what you but mean. I just kind of grew out of. Them. 
I, one of their songs, uh, what is it? Right to party or you got to fight. Yeah, fight to right. Mm-hmm. That's that is literally probably in my top 10 of like least favorite songs of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally cannot stand that song. I don't know why, but we, we should do like an anti favorite uh, favorite song and do like the top 10 songs like you hate. And that would have to be on on my top 10. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I hate any song. I mean, I probably do. And probably like, oh, I can't stand that. Song that, like, that uh, let me let me preface it by this. Like a song that that like a lot of people love, but that you dislike. That like okay. if, if you're at a party, a lot of people would be excited to hear. But you're like cringing and you're like, ugh, I don't want to hear this song again. I could tell you one band, not a song, but a band, and that would be Metallica. Really? Yeah. Sorry, I can't stand their music. Maybe it has to do with like um, the the guy suing the kids for Napster issue, yeah. or maybe it was because my ex brother in law really liked them and ruined it for me. I don't know, but it's yeah, I can't yeah. stand them. Just, just not for me. Yeah. All right. That that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that about wraps it up. We'll end on a high note with me hating on Metallica because, yeah. you know, go out with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Free speech, man. Free speech. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, again, for, for tuning in, for sticking with us. Um, we're five episodes away from 100, so I'm excited about that. Maybe we'll do the giveaway for episode 100. That would make sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. See? Brainstorming here live with you guys. So um, tune in, like I said, to our TED Talk, which is going to be a YouTube exclusive. So you have to head to YouTube for that. It's not going to be part of the normal podcast download. So thank you guys again. And we look forward to seeing you guys soon. Stay safe.